Greetings, gamers. I'm Bedroth. And I'm Shoot Kapow. And you're listening to episode 4 1 of Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to Season 4 of our show. Thank you for sticking with us for these first three seasons, and hopefully for sticking with us this season when we try kind of a new thing that we've been talking about. Shukapow, what are we going to be talking about this season? Composers. Composers, that's right. So each episode is going to focus on a particular composer, or in a couple of instances, a group of composers. And we are starting out with a composer who, as I was looking into the songs that we've already played by them to make sure that we don't repeat anything, we may very well have played Limo songs on our show by this composer, and primarily from one particular game. There are a couple that might give him a run for his money, but Yukapau, who am I talking about? Yasunari Mitsuda. That's right. A fitting start to this composer showcase of a season. Uh, Yasunari Mitsuda is a relatively young composer compared to some of his contemporaries. And although, you know, I say that, and it might not really be that true. He's not that much younger than, for example, Yoko Shimomura, but he started out so young and has been composing for so long that sometimes I still think of him that way. Besides Chrono Trigger, before we started this what other games did you know that Yasunori Matsuda had composed on? Chrono Cross and Xenoblade Chronicles. I think there was one other one on the 3DS. Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, you knew he was on that one because we talked about it. And actually, he was on that one with a couple of other composers who might come up this evening. Any tracks from Kid Icarus? <laughs> we actually don't have any tracks from Kid Icarus. There wasn't even any Kid Icarus on the initial playlist. There wasn't, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, well, I guess we can go ahead and start now. The way that I set this episode up is I listened through at least something of every soundtrack ever composed by Asnori Matsuda. There are a lot. <laughs> I spent several hours, probably, listening to Matsuda music, and it was a really educational experience. Most of my experience with Mitsuda had come from Chrono Trigger, and a little bit from Chrono Cross and some other uh, some other games, like a little bit of Xenogears, but most of it was Chrono Trigger. And I really had no scope of the depth of Mitsuda's talent and just of how far it developed as time went on. Now, I tried to pick my tracks to sort of showcase some of those different elements of his but I kind of wanted to let you do your own thing. I did say that I didn't want to pick any tracks that we had picked before. And I said that if you could avoid Chrono Trigger, that would be pretty cool. Because we've already played like a dozen Chrono Trigger songs on this podcast. But I didn't give you that hard and fast rule. And so besides our opening track, which we have played on the show before, uh, that was A Premonition. It's the title screen music for Chrono Trigger, and we actually played it on our very first episode of this podcast. 
along with the main theme, which is just, just called Chrono Trigger. But our first track of the show, which we can go ahead and get into now, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about how we divided all this up. Our first track of the show also comes from Chrono Trigger, because we're going to be going in chronological order this evening. Shukapau. Chronological order. Chronological. Ha, yes. Shukapau, what are we going to be starting with today? We're going to be kicking things off with the epic Wings of Time. So the way that I kind of started us out is I made a playlist of about a hundred songs uh, of Yasunori Mitsuda music, and I basically said, hey, check this out. I'd like you to listen to at least one song from each game. Uh, try some stuff out. See what you like. And just make sure that you don't repeat any games, basically, and pick your songs. As a reminder, we are going to be picking five songs per person this evening. It's not going to alternate uh, back and forth one-on-one like it did before, uh, just because, like I said, we're going chronologically. But um, I did give you several Chrono Trigger songs to choose from, and you landed on this one. What do you think it is about the the song that plays when you ride the epic that, or the epic that uh, made you decide to choose it? Well, I've seen a few games. Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy IV, Tales of Symphonia. They all have one thing in common. At a somewhat late point in the game, you gain access to this sort of flying ship of sorts. And Tales of Symphonia is for little, like, small airplanes or something. Mm. I don't actually remember what it is. But... In Final Fantasy IV, it's an airship, because apparently back then they had ships that could do that, to coin a phrase from Bruno Floss. <laughs> and in Chrono Trigger, it's the epic, made by this guy and from his, the past. And his eternal, immortal pet lizard thing. Yeah. Yeah, called Anu, right? Maybe. I think so. Anyway. But yeah. This guy got banished to the future, and he made this time travel machine. 
that yep. can fly. <clears throat> yep. Um, but yeah, there's a fair few of these that let you like fly around and explore the world in old JRPGs. And they what, have cool themes. Yeah, what typically plays when you fly around in these ships? Music. What kind of music? Cool music. Very good music. <laughs> uh, another thing that I um, I like about you know specific unique uh, old RPGs are being able to name your characters because you can just go with the default names like Ness or Chrono or Lucas, but you could also just like name them a bunch of different things. You could reference other media. You could name them after yourself or your family or your friends, or you could just do really wacky things. Yeah, like we've seen on YouTube. <laughs> um, like, I'm playing through Mother 3 again right now, and I named all the characters after their Earthbound counterparts. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Chrono Trigger was published in 1995 for the SNES. It was developed and published by Square. And, of course, everything we talk about on the show tonight is going to have been composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, so we're not going to repeat that every time. Chrono Trigger was also composed by Nobuo Uematsu, which we'll talk about in a minute, but pretty much everybody knows why. And also a couple of themes uh, were composed by Noriko Matsueda. This game has been re-released for the PlayStation, the Nintendo DS, it's been on Virtual Console, it's been on mobile. This game is everywhere. And Shukapau, why do you think that Except is? Except on the SNES Classic. Yeah, it's not on the SNES Classic. Why do you think it has been re-released so often? I don't know, because it's Square. Well, there's other Square games on this list that haven't been released as much. Yeah. What do you think is special about Chrono Trigger? What do you think it is that makes this game stick out to so many people? I mean, it's a cult classic. I feel like it's unique Final Fantasy-inspired battle system. You think so? I think that's also just the, the interwoven like story and characters. Um, it, it was just the right amount of accessible at its time. It wasn't super hard, but it did present some challenges. It wasn't super complicated, but you did have to, you know, pay attention to follow the story. It was a really nice kind of entry-level JRPG, but a lot of it also had to do with the tone set by the game's development team. We'll talk a little about that as well, but first, just to kind of get things rolling here, Yasunori Mitsuda, we're going to talk a little bit about his life. I'm not going to go super in-depth or just totally read off Wikipedia, but so Yasunori Mitsuda was born in Japan, did get into music a little bit when he was younger, but he was actually more into sports and for a while wanted to be a pro golfer. But then in high school, he got back into music and actually interned at a um, local music company and would uh, basically carry equipment out to shows, and he gained some experience that way. But then he decided that he wanted to go into music because he was so inspired by film scores. He really enjoyed the work of composers like Henry Mancini and John Williams. So he went to college for that got out, uh, interviewed at Square, which at this point is kind of a notoriously disastrous interview because he basically said, I'm just using you guys as a stepping stone. I don't plan to be here all that long. <laughs> and yet um, they still hired him. <laughs> and one of his interviewers actually was Nobuo Uematsu, who he went on to work really closely with on a lot of titles moving forward. So Chrono Trigger was not his first actual job at Square. He did some sound effects for things like Final Fantasy V, The Seventh Sagra, Secret of Mana, 
And actually, he did some sound work. Seventh Saga. Did I say Sagra? He said Sagra. Wow, the Seventh Saga. And also did some work on Live Alive, which Yoko Shimomura composed. We might actually hear about that a little bit um, in the not-too-distant future. Oh, one other thing is he interned, this place where he interned, he was actually taken under the wing of um, one of the composers who worked at this company. The company is called Wolf Team, and the composer in question is Motoi Sakuraba. So that's where Mitsuda got one of his first connections, and Sakuraba actually came back and uh, worked with him on a couple of things later on. Specifically, we talked about a little bit before, Kid Icarus Uprising, which both of them worked on. Mitsuda was actually the audio director on Kid Icarus Uprising. He brought in Motoi Sakuraba, he brought in Yuzo Koshiro, he brought in Noriyuki Iwadare. So, several big names that he had kind of gathered over the years. <laughs> Everyone is here. Well, actually, he met several of them when he was working as an arranger on Smash. In fact, wow. the only song that we have played on this show by Asunori Mitsuda that wasn't from Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross is his arrangement of the Marks theme. <laughs> <laughs> and, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, so the reason that we're not playing anything from Kid Icarus Uprising tonight is because he really only composed a couple of tracks. So and he's on, worked with Sakurai, too. On both of them, yes, he has worked. Uh, well, Sakurai was the director of Kid Icarus Uprising. Yeah, so, he's, yeah. He's, he's worked some yep. with Sakurai like before Smash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was actually after. I well, think yeah, Smash yeah, might have yeah. been the first thing he worked with Sakurai on, but I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Don't hold me to that. But he only composed a couple of things for Kid Icarus Uprising, and both of them he borrowed really heavily from Hip Tanaka's earlier tracks. And I wanted to try to stay away from things that were kind of like arrangements on this one, uh, so we could showcase his work specifically. So that's why there's no Kid Icarus on, on, the, on the playlist tonight. Well, after he had been at Square for a couple of years, working solely on sound effects, he got kind of impatient, and he went to the vice president at the time, Hironobu Sakaguchi, who is also known as the maker of Final Fantasy. <laughs> and he said, if you don't let me compose a soundtrack, I'm going to quit. <laughs> so, wow. Mitsuda is coming off as a little bit arrogant here, but he's not really arrogant. He's, he's sure of himself. He knows what he wants to do, and he knows he can do it, and he just wants to be given the chance to. Um, I've actually Meanwhile, seen him... I'm starting up as an indie composer. <laughs> well, uh, you know, he started out at this, uh, this internship, and he actually just got the interview at Square, mostly on the merit of his, um, his sound demo that he put together. Uh, it was also just, it was a different time. Back then it was a little bit easier to get on at a place like Square because Square wasn't what it is now, you know? Wasn't Square like, when was this? This was in the early 90s, and so Square had not really been super successful for all that long. Just a, a few years earlier it had almost gone bankrupt before yeah, Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy came out. Yeah. So basically he's talking to the guy who saved Square and said, if you don't let me compose a song, I'm going to quit. <laughs> And to his credit, Sakaguchi said, Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'm directing this uh, this new game with um, the guy who made Dragon Quest, Yuji Hori. We're actually also bringing over from the Dragon Quest team Akira Toriyama, who was the art director and is also well-known for a little something called Dragon Ball. And we're all getting together and we're going to make this thing. How about you be the composer on that? Thus, Chrono Trigger was born. So that's our dream team. The art director for Dragon Ball and Dragon Quest, the creator of Dragon Quest, the creator of Final Fantasy. I'm sure that won't blow up, be a big thing, you know. (laughs) 
and then Yasunori Matsuda. <laughs> so no pressure. <laughs> but um, again, kind of famously now, he felt a lot of pressure and he was true to his word. He was given a chance and he put all of himself into it. He actually worked so hard that he developed stomach ulcers and had to be hospitalized. And that's why Nobuo Uematsu stepped in and finished the soundtrack for him. So he really worked hard on that. And actually, from what Uematsu has said in interviews, he worked just as hard on his next soundtrack, which is what we're going to be moving to next. But before we do that, Chukabao, anything else to say about Chrono Trigger or the music of Chrono Trigger? Well, I do know that Shogun Conroy Let's Played this, mm-hmm. and it was a really cool Let's Play, and it was a fun exper- experience, and it was how I got introduced to Chrono Trigger. I watched some of that with you too, and it was a really cool Let's Play. And yeah, he's, he's really cool. Yeah. We've talked quite a bit about your, um, your love of Chrono Trigger on this show, and I've made no... Um, it's no mystery that I, I've, um, it's also been a big influence on me. What's so. up, guys? It's Chugga Conroy. Now, Mitsuda says that when he goes back and listens to this soundtrack, he actually thinks it is a little bit primitive, but he still says that this is a landmark soundtrack for him and that it matured him. It turned him into the composer that he wanted to become. And he's gone back a few times and sort of reorchestrated and redone things. And actually, the um, Too Far Away Times album, which covered some things from Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, had... If you want to listen to Mitsuda's like original vision for Chrono Trigger, that's the album to go to. Because he said when he was com- arranging that album, he had ideas that were finally coming to fruition that he had had for 20 years. Which, it was 20 years after Chrono Trigger had come out. So, too far away time. So I would definitely go and check out that album. But now, we're going to go to the next game on our list. We're going to listen to Front Mission Gun Hazard. Now, this is a spin-off of the long-running Front Mission series, which is a sort of mech-based strategy military type game, uh, also produced by Square. Yoko Shimomura actually composed on the very first Front Mission game, and so this is another kind of, you know, he's he's following her a little bit. This game was also composed by Nobuo Uematsu, Junya Nakano, and Masashi Hamauzu, one of Hamauzu's first soundtracks as well. Well, we're going to listen to Mitsuda's theme called Storekeeper.
And that was Storekeeper from Front Mission Gun Hazard. This was developed and published by Square for the Super Famicom. I don't believe this has ever been released in the West. And it was released in 1996. And once again, this is sort of a military strategy tactical game. Oh, speaking of military, I want a war today. You want to... When did you go to war? <laughs> so, <laughs> earlier... Um, I've got the, I've got this Minecraft roleplay server that I'm in, and earlier this week we were talking, and we went into the rules channel. This is going to be a little bit of a long story, so, <laughs> um, and we were like joking around, uh, making rules with the ultimate power of the rules channel. Yeah. So, uh, Igris comes in and like, hey, um, can you like take this somewhere else? And so we're like, we decide to have a war over the second general channel that no one uses. So we're like, hey, we're going to have a war on the server, and whoever whoever wins the war gets rights to speak in general, too. And so you won the war? I won the war! <laughs> well, congratulations. Mitsuda fought a little bit of a war on... His, uh, of his own when he composed this because he once again worked himself sick while he was working on this soundtrack. But man, uh, I think it paid off. Um, I mean, I hope, I wish he hadn't gotten sick, but <laughs> this is a really cool song. What did you think of it? It's good. I really thought you would like that trumpet. Uh, you said you almost actually picked this one while you were listening through? Yeah. One thing- I play the trumpet. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I also compose um, with the trumpet quite a bit, actually. Maybe that's why I picked this song. <laughs> Go follow me on flat.io. Because <laughs> I knew you would I like this. I'm for Smash. I like how you're sprinkling all this in so we don't have to backload it at the end. Yeah. But <laughs> we're, we're probably channel. going to anyway. <laughs> One thing that really stands out to me about Mitsuda is I know of very, very few Super Nintendo soundtracks that sound this clean and this pure. Like, he really, really gets the most out of that sound system on the SNES. Chrono Trigger is in the running for the best sounding soundtrack on the NES. Not just the compositions, but the quality. It's really, really impressive what he could do. And this really stood out to me as well, almost on the same level. And next we're going to be moving to a couple of tracks that were chosen by Shukapau uh, as we continue on with Mitsuda's time period with Square. And we are going to be jumping around a little bit. The next game that Mitsuda composed, and actually his first solo composition, other than the sort of in-between Satellaview game Radical Dreamers, which is sort of a follow-up to Chrono Trigger that didn't get a lot of play because it was on Satellaview, the next solo game that Mitsuda composed is Xenogears. And this came out in 1998, once again, of course, published and developed by Square. Shukapau, what is the song we are going to be listening to? Um, we're going to be playing Village Pride. Also known as Our Village is Number One.
that was Village Pride from Xenogears. This was released for the PlayStation on Square. You can hear a sort of increase in the quality of the synths there, and it was released in 1998. The game's director was Tetsuya Takahashi, and when Matsuda worked with him on this, he formed a bond that would last well into the future, because Takahashi actually went on to leave Square not too long after, and found a company called Monolith Soft. Do you know? I recognize that name. Yeah. Do you know where from? I'll give you a hint. Zeno. Oh. Yeah. Monolith Soft is the developer of both the Xenosaga trilogy and Xenoblade Chronicles, which is now also a trilogy, interestingly, uh, with a couple of mm-hmm. epilogues. So, okay. and Mitsuda went Aren't on, of they course, to on Xenoblade Three. Supposedly, Mitsuda went on to work on Xenoblade Chronicles, where I think he was the sound director. Also, famously on that uh, soundtrack were Yoko Shimomura and Ace and a few other people. Uh, Mitsuda actually only composed one thing on that soundtrack, and I wondered if you would pick it. I didn't, mostly because we already have Xenogears on here, and there's really... We could have played something from Xenosaga, we could have played the Xenoblade Chronicles song, we could have played any number of things from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or Torna, uh, the epilogue to Xenoblade 2, but there's just so much I wanted to spread around. So, Hopefully Xenoblade 3 has a better um, tutorial than Xenoblade 2. Well, you don't have any first-hand experience <laughs> from the Xenoblade 2 tutorial, so let's let's hold off. <laughs> the only part of Chugga Conroy's Xenoblade 2 let's play I watched was the tutorial. Oh yeah? And that he complained about it the whole time? Yes. <laughs> and it was also bad. Oh, well. Okay. I suppose you at least have second-hand experience. Okay, so... Basically, every pretty much every game that we play anything from, you could we could do a whole episode about that soundtrack and still leave unplayed great music on the table. It's that good. Mitsuda is just a prodigy. It, it ah, it's amazing. Um, but so as you could hear, Mitsuda also is a fan of sort of Celtic and world influences. He plays quite a few different instruments, and one of those is the Irish bouzouki, which is a, a not a bazooka, but a stringed <laughs> Irish instrument, which he has played on stage with Yoko Shimomura, actually, on, um, I think, in a Kingdom Hearts concert. He joined her on stage and played that. But um, you've got some bagpipe in this one, uh, some real Celtic flair. This is almost like uh, one of the comments we saw uh, was that this resembled what song from Chrono Trigger? Uh, the Guardian Millennial Fair. And for my money, this is actually possibly better. It's at least more mature. It's, it's a little bit more developed. It's almost like the Millennial Fair 2.0 uh, because it's got a more um, sophisticated time signature with that, that little hiccup in the first probably phrase. Probably would be a thing eventually. <laughs> probably. The second Especially, Millennial Fair. You know, considering <laughs> that Chrono saved the world. Spoiler alert. Ugh. <laughs> like, it's a video game from the 90s. You're yeah, going to be fine. It's been tw- it's 26 years ago, so. Um, but this game also featured the first ballad in a Square game. Uh, the ending theme, Small Two of Pieces. <laughs> yeah. Gaming computer. Fun uh, English translation of a title there. But no, it's cool, because Mitsuda got to compose the first ever, like, vocal ballad in a Square game. And, you know, because the PlayStation could actually support it. Now, Mitsuda would compose one other game on the PlayStation 1, and 
This was actually after he left Square, because he left to become a freelancer in 1998. He was the first of several composers to leave Square for freelance work. And his next game was the one that we're going to be playing next. But then he did not compose on another game from Square for almost 20 years. He composed for the upcoming game in 1999, and then he didn't compose for Square again until he did one of the expansion packs on 2017's Final Fantasy XV. So, we're going to be taking a break from Square for a while, but before we do that, we're going to play your next song, Shukapow. And this is probably the most classic song we are going to be playing on the list. I was kind of surprised we haven't played it before because this is one of probably two of the most well-known tracks from Chrono Cross. Shukapalm, what are we going to be playing? Next up we have Scars of Time from Chrono Cross. Scars of Time or Time Scar from Chrono Cross. That was released on the PlayStation, uh, once again by Square in 1999. And what did you think of this track, Shukapal? That was very poggers. <laughs> I mean, why do you think you picked this one out of some of the other ones that were on the list? If you were going to talk to somebody about what we just listened to, what would you point out as things that you liked? I really liked the the violin 
There's a lot of violin in there. It had a cool, like, driving sort of line under it. And it was overall just a really cool track. Yeah, I like that it, like, evolves and there's different parts. I'm pretty sure this plays in, like, like the title and opening cutscene of the game. Uh, and so it sort of, like... You know, when back when movies had opening credits and you would have like this montage of things happening at the beginning of a movie, kind of fits that whole that whole scene. This is a really really classic tune. When the game came out, uh, several different places like IGN and Hardcore Gaming Monthly talked about how amazing this particular song was. It was actually voted by I think Hardcore Gaming. It was voted the best song at least of that year, possibly of all time up to that point. So, very well done. Sounds a lot better than a PlayStation song, actually. This is, again, one of the best-sounding soundtracks on the PlayStation. And he actually used several of the same people who played with him on Xenogears the year before, and also composed the year before, which we're going to mention here briefly because it's noteworthy. The first soundtrack that Mitsuda composed when he went freelance was for Nintendo. Hmm. And that was Mario Party, of all things. Uh, There were lots of really good tracks in Mario Party. There were some on the list, but it just didn't quite make the cut this time. Once again, the first Mario Party, we could do a whole soundtrack just over that, um, or a whole episode just over that soundtrack. It's really, really good and really set the tone for the rest of the series which I don't know if Masuda ever even composed on again. I've heard that he was involved in the second one, but I don't know that for sure. We're going to skip ahead in time a little bit. We're not going to talk about Bomberman 64, which he did compose at least one track on, but actually... Okay, we're not going as far ahead in time as I thought. That's next. Um, We're going to jump ahead a couple of years to 2001 for a game which... I had never heard of, but we're getting into PlayStation territory now, so that's not super uncommon for me. Um, but Wait, so we get the Xbox. <laughs> yeah, but actually, I don't know that Mitsuda's ever composed anything that came out. Well, no, that's not true. I know some of this stuff um, was released. Uh, some of his stuff was released on the Xbox. I just don't think anything that we're particularly playing was. But we're going to listen to a song called Battle with the Devil. This is from um, Tsugunai Atonement, and we'll hear a little bit about what this game was involved in when we come back. But this is a PlayStation 2 game, and it was actually published by Sony and developed by um, a developer called Cattle Call. Once again, this was released in 2001. We're going to be listening to Battle with the Devil.
And that was Battle with the Devil from Tsunugai Atonement. Shukapau, what do you think about that track? That was very good music. <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, definitely the darkest track, I think, that we've heard so far tonight. And again, starting to show some of Mitsuda's range. We're going to get even darker in a couple of tracks here, but um, it actually, when I was reading a little bit of what this game is about, it makes sense that this was kind of a darker tone. So this game is about a character named Rice, who is a mercenary, and mercenary. it starts out with him climbing this tower to get this sacred artifact. But turns kind out... Like Final Fantasy VII starts <laughs> out with, you know, you on a bombing mission. But turns out the gods don't like him doing this, and so they curse him, and they split his soul from his body. And from what I understand, his I've body is stranded... i enough about gods recently. It's <laughs> from... a big part of the lore on the Minecraft server. <laughs> well, that that can is... start a war or two. <laughs> Which is in interesting, considering, you know, my character is an atheist. <laughs> um... Well, if uh, history shows us anything, it's that you don't have to believe in a certain set of gods to get wrapped up in what their people decide to do. So That's true. Um, and in this game, the gods split Rice's soul from his body. From what I understand, his body is left at the top of this tower, and his soul is cast down to this humble fishing village, where he has to learn some selflessness and humility by helping the fisher people with their day-to-day -day lives. We'll come to find out, as time goes on, he's actually helping build up the town because it is under attack from a great evil, which I'm assuming is the devil from the title of this song. So it sounds like a pretty cool game, and it looks like it actually was published in North America in 2001 as well. Actually, in November 2001 which is the same month that Mitsuda founded Procyon Studio. Uh, it is a company that I believe he still runs, um, and also along with his record label, Slaybells, which he has actually used to help um, popular artists in Japan. So um, really starting to kind of come into his own here just a few years after leaving Square. And I believe either... I, I believe that this game... Now, this game was not the first one that he developed with Procyon because he was still on his own when this game's development started. But the next game, Shadow Hearts, which he composed with Yoshitaka Hirota, is, uh, was the first Procyon-developed game, um, or where the music was done by Procyon. So we're not going to play anything from Shadow Hearts, but the next few tracks that, um, or soundtracks that Mitsuda worked on. Shadow Hearts, Lagaya 2, Xenosaga Episode 1, Graffiti Kingdom, all of those are excellent, excellent soundtracks. But we're going to be skipping ahead to your next pick of the evening, Shukapal. And this was a soundtrack I was really, really excited to find because it's almost unlike anything else in Mitsuda's whole catalog. He composed this soundtrack along with Miki Higashino, who is mostly well-known for her work on Konami, specifically with the Suikoden soundtracks, uh, Suikoden and Suikoden 2, which Suikoden 2 
was a massive, massive soundtrack, especially for its time. She has composed on quite a few things. She also composed on some early Konami titles, uh, Gradius 3, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original uh, Contra 3, The Alien Wars. Um, she composed on the Genesis version of Turtles Tournament Fighters. And after this song that we're going to be playing from, she didn't really do much anymore. So this is almost kind of her swan song, but Mitsuda is still in the first third of, of, his, uh, of his composing life. But these two really knocked out of the park with this soundtrack. It's very, very jazzy, uh, kind of swinging, some blues in there. But we're going to listen to the song that you picked, which I think is actually one of kind of the slower songs on this soundtrack, but no less jazzy for that. In Japan, this was known as Tsukiyo ni Saraba, which literally means moonlit farewell or could also mean moonlit shadow. In America, or in the West, it was known as 10,000 Bullets. And will really give you a crick in the neck. <laughs> and interestingly enough, this was a Taito published game, but it was developed by a studio called Blue Moon Studios, which <laughs> I just found out today, and you're actually the one who picked this song. Wow. This game came out in 2005 for the PlayStation 2. And Chukapau, what song are we going to be listening to? We're going to be listening to Blue Moon. From 10,000 Bullets. That was very nice, Yukapau. Why did you pick that track? That's a little slower than your usual taste. Yeah, I, like, I like slow jazz. Yeah. Well, this was definitely jazzy. Um, <laughs> and uh, Miki Higashino knows a thing or two about jazz, but this is the jazziest stuff that we have heard yet, I think, from Mitsuda. You definitely hear some, some flavors of it earlier on, and I think Graffiti Kingdom, which came out the year before, is one where you hear quite a bit of that. But this was very nice. And this whole soundtrack, again, I keep saying that. Everybody go check it out. Go check out all these things. They're, they're so, so good. And... Um, 
This particular, this game, again, I've never played it. It's a PlayStation game, but it also sounds a little bit dark, kind of like the last one we talked about. It actually stars um, a hitman uh, working for the Italian mob who goes by the name of Crow, and his eventual goal is to find and kill the people who killed his mob. So, you know, a little dark, but if, if the game lives up to its soundtrack, then I'm sure it's a really great game. But, let's see. So, next, we're going to skip past a few different games here. Uh, Mitsuda composed for a couple of pretty cool things. He was a contributor to Monster Kingdom, the Jewel Summoner, which actually had a huge range of composers on it, uh, released in 2006. I think uh, that Shimamura was also on this one. I'm pretty sure Uematsu did some composing on it. Um, he then composed for a game called Deep Labyrinth, um, Luminous Arc, both of which are, are very good. Um, a game called Soma Bringer in 2008, and I would encourage everybody to check out all of those. But the next one we're going to get to is the beginning of what may be Mitsuda's longest-running pop culture contribution. More than the Chrono series, more than the Xeno series, Mitsuda in Japan is known for his connection to the Inazuma Eleven franchise. This is another one that you picked, Shugapau, but I do want to lead into this a little bit. Inazuma Eleven is... Well, the first game is a soccer RPG, <laughs> and it spawned several titles, uh, the next one of which is actually coming out in 2023, and Mitsuda is currently working on that one. Uh, that is Inazuma 11 Great Road of Heroes. But it also spawned the Inazuma 11 anime franchise, as well as a manga franchise, which Mitsuda did not compose for because they're books, but he did compose for the anime franchise. And uh, just a it's a phenomenon in Japan. Um, not maybe as big as things like Pokemon or Yokai Watch or things like that, but still pretty big deal. And the music is just lots and lots of fun. So, Shukabao, why don't you tell us which song you picked for us from Inazuma 11, and I think this is actually going to be your last pick of the episode, as our final three songs were all picked by me. So, what are we going to be listening to next? Next up, from Inazuma 11, we have Activate Burning Phase.
right, that was Activate Burning Phase from Inazuma 11. Released for the Nintendo DS, developed and published by Level 5, and this came out in 2008. Shukapau, tell us a little about this track and why you picked it. Strings. It has all the strings. <laughs> it does. The Xenoblade instrument. And Hollow Knight instrument. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's mostly violin. It's so good. Well, if you like strings, I think you're going to like the last few songs I've got, and also um, our composer for next time, because uh, lots of strings in these soundtracks. And speaking of which, let's talk a little bit about how Mitsuda sort of approaches music. Uh, you saw something here in my notes, and you said that uh, that you actually do this when you're composing. Um, what is it that Mitsuda says he um, or claims that he does when he's coming up with uh, like initial ideas for his tracks? Uh, Mitsuda claims to compose by just fooling around on his keyboard and letting the melodies come to him. Um, I mean, another thing, uh, I woke up this morning, uh, I had a song in my head, and I derived a little melody from it. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. And so I walk in here, and I grab my Chromebook, and I go into the living room, and I write down a melody. There you go. You got So I'm composing my ending theme now. <laughs> cool. Very cool. We, you got to strike while the iron is hot. Yep. That's funny because Mitsuda actually said he also sometimes comes up with songs while he's asleep, including the ending theme to Chrono Trigger. <laughs> so oh, wow. look at that. And um, he says his main inspiration when he's composing is actually visual items. So like paintings or nature vistas. Um, like I mentioned before, he was influenced early on by film scores. He also says that he has cited minimalism as an influence, which is um, it's a school of thought in music composition that basically is boiled down boils down to less is more that you can you don't have to overcomplicate things and you can still have sophisticated soundtracks from that and uh, limitation uh, often brings out the best composers. Yeah, it's interesting that Mitsuda never actually composed on an eight bit system because it seems like he could have done quite a bit with that with his his sort of minim minimalist influence. Yeah. Um, a lot um, of his music I would not call minimalist. Although that um, that ten thousand bullets track, I could probably hear some of that in there. Yeah, um, I did find a video a while back that I watched today. Uh, it was called "What If Hollow Knight Was um, What If Hollow Knight's Music Was Jazz." Oh, it was basically like a musical rescoring thing. It was really unique. Like this guy took four of the Three of the areas from the game and one of the boss fights. Forgotten Crossroads, Green Path, City of Tears, and the Hornet Battle. And came up with completely new themes for them. Uh, without using the same key signature. Without using the same instruments. He, uh, he just, like... He made a completely new theme that was, like, jazz all the way through. For all Very four cool. of those. Wow. And I really want to try that. That would be interesting. So you're, you're not even like building on the melody or anything that was originally there. You're just taking that part of the game and basically composing your own song and your own style for it. That's, yep. That would be really interesting. 
Well, Matsuda said he was also composed by lots of different genres of music, which you haven't ever really been that interested in. Your idea of different genres is listening to composers who have different styles. <laughs> but uh, he says he learned that from his father, actually, that uh, about listening to a lot of different genres of music. He also is a fan of classical music. He cites uh, Maurice Ravel, Bach, Tchaikovsky, Debussy, and um, also Gustav Holst among his favorite composers. Now, do you recognize that name, Gustav Holst? Yes. Because we talked about it recently. I showed you a couple of songs of his and explained that they are really kind of early precursors to film and therefore also game music. We listened to Mars and Jupiter from The Planets Suite. I like jazz. <laughs> well, you also like classical, don't you? I like classical. A you, bit. You, you like the stuff you play in band. Yeah. You also like. Well, I the... mean, we don't really do classical in band. We have saxophones. Well, you've done classical stuff like in concert season. Yeah. So, but I you like also like your your stand better. tunes, which are like uh, classic American stuff. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, there's some of that in our uh, next week's. Um, compositions too. We'll talk about that a little bit, but um, the next couple of tracks we're going to listen to lean into more of that sort of orchestral style. Um, he actually employed Matsuda employed the London Philharmonic Orchestra for Xenosaga Episode One. Incidentally, everybody should go check that out. He says his two favorite songs that he's ever composed are on that soundtrack. They're called Pain and The Girl Who Closed Her Heart. So definitely go check out the Zinasaga Episode 1 soundtrack. Um, but he also used the uh, Czech Philharmonic Orchestra for the Korean MMORPG Lime Odyssey, which we're going to be moving to next. And then from there, we're going to move to a game called Soul Sacrifice. It's a dark action role-playing game, which was actually performed by the Skywalker Symphony Orchestra. Mm. So we're moving into some more complex... <laughs> yep. Uh, my tuba friend can actually play that on his tuba. <laughs> the um, the Skywalker theme? Yep. Cool. Very cool. And Megalovania. We do at Megalovania sometimes. So yeah, next we're going to be moving to a couple of um, orchestral scores. And you know what? Uh, we've been talking quite a bit, so why don't we go ahead and move into those. And we'll play the first one, talk about it just a touch, then move into the second one fairly quickly. But next, we're going to listen to West Tumbara, the night theme, from the Korean massively multiplayer online RPG Lime Odyssey, developed and published by Area Games and released in 2009.
that extremely lush, fully orchestrated arrangement is from Lime Odyssey, that is West Tumbara Night. Now, Matsuda was actually joined by several Korean composers, uh, Dong Huik Shin, Junsu Park, and Sayen Zhang on this soundtrack. Um, and this this soundtrack is really, really spectacular. I definitely encourage people to go find it. It's a little hard to hunt down because this game actually never made it out of its Korean beta. So most of the world was never even aware that it existed, let alone the soundtrack. And this deserves to get into more ears. It's very, very good. Oh, like that Green Lantern game that was never released that had good music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, some of these uh, unreleased games that, that never really go anywhere. But yeah, everybody go check out Lime Odyssey. And once again, this was originally released in 2009. I think it was attempted to be relaunched later. The same year, Mitsuda was one of the composers on Arc Rise Fantasia, which has a famously good soundtrack. Um, so in the intervening years between this song and the next one, he composed several really nice things. Um, Inazuma 11, 2, and 3 were in this time period. Also, Xenoblade Chronicles and Kid Icarus Uprising, which we have talked about. Um, he also made his first contribution to the Poppin music franchise, which I think every Japanese composer, kind of like Smash, has done at least something for the Poppin series. Um, he, played a, he composed for a game called Half-Minute Hero, The Second Coming, which had a very nice soundtrack. But the next track we are going to listen to was composed with Wataru Hokoyama. This is a dark RPG. Very, very dark. We'll talk about it a little bit when we come back. But the soundtrack is also really dark. It sounds like some of like the Mordor and Orc-centered sections of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Really, really good stuff. We are going to listen to the main theme called Soul Melody, and the game is called Soul Sacrifice.
that was our next-to-last track of the night. That was the main theme, Soul Melody, from Soul Sacrifice. This was released in 2013 on the PS Vita, and it was published once again by Sony and developed by Marvelous AQL. And Zhukbao, thoughts on this one? This that reminded a- me of Proof of a Hero from Monster Hunter. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's definitely got that epic, especially, like, when the horns come in um, at, like, the 90-second mark. (laughs) What I actually mentioned in the uh, Olympics bonus episode, that Proof of a Hero, is it sounds very John Williams. Um, It's it's very cinematic. This one really sounds like Howard Shore. You Um, know where I actually was introduced to Proof of a Hero? Where? A YouTuber I watch uh, uses it in a lot of his videos. Do you think of any YouTubers who would use this for their videos? <laughs> or is this maybe a little too dark and intense in some parts? Maybe they would use the part that comes in with the horns. <laughs> maybe. But this sounds more like Howard Shore to me, which Howard Shore is the composer for Lord of the Rings. Um, although the electric guitar that's in there in the first part is is a nice touch. We were just talking when we were gone that it's crazy. The same guy who composed Wings of Time and Village Pride and Blue Moon also composed this track. I mean, the range on these things is incredible. And the other thing is, if you think of, I don't know, I don't know how composers generally operate, but I would think that people tend to put more effort into something they know is going to be a big deal. I mean, that would make sense, right? But Matsuda doesn't operate that way. He claims that he does not save his best work for more popular games. He tries to compose each piece to correspond to how it's going to be used in a specific game, and tries to compose good pieces even for games he feels don't live up to them. Kind of like Tim Fallon in that way. <laughs> um, he, he hopes that, if nothing else, the music can be a redeeming port for a game, even if the game itself doesn't necessarily resonate with players. Uh, the majority of his soundtracks are for role-playing games, but he also likes projects that are different from what he's done before and is interested in working in other genres. You were just talking earlier about how maybe he was just going to stick to RPGs. <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm going to compose a sports game. And then I was like, wait, didn't you actually pick a sports game? <laughs> so, um, sports RPG. There's a quote here. I have a couple of quotes from Mitsuda. I'm going to go ahead and read one now and one uh, here in a minute. But Mitsuda says, I quote here, this was in one of his interviews that I read, I think game music is something that should last with the player. It's interesting because it can't just be some random music, but something that can make its way into the player's heart. In that sense, this not only applies to game music, but I feel very strongly about composing songs that will leave a lasting impression. What I must not forget is that it must be entertaining to those who are listening. I don't think there's much else to it, to be honest. I don't do anything too audacious, so long as the listeners like it, or feel that it's a really great song, that I've done my job. Hey, that's a word that I know from Mother 3. Audacious. <laughs> yep. What's it's, it mean? It's, I don't know, but it's the name of a track in <laughs> Mother 3, Audacious March. If you're audacious, it basically means you're showing off. You're acting as though you know you have an audience. You're audacious. So, I don't know if that's really the etymology of that, but you know what? It worked for me. Now, Matsuda's work has been performed um, really ever since 1996. Some of his music from Chrono Trigger was composed or was performed by the Tokyo Symphony Orchestra in the Orchestral Game Concert in 1996. And it's continued to be played all around the world up to the present day. 
it's just really, really, really cool stuff. And next, we're going to move to our last song from the evening. For the evening, this is from a mobile game that was released in 2018. So we're jumping from 2013 to 2018. And during this time, Mitsuda kind of stepped back and tended to let other composers shine on several soundtracks where he would just compose one thing at a time, kind of like he did on the Xenoblade Chronicles soundtrack. Um, he composed a few more Inazuma 11 games during this time period. He also was a contributor to Terra Battle, which is from Mistwalker Studios, which is Hironobu Sakaguchi's studio that he started after leaving Square. If you'll remember, he was the Final Fantasy creator. Nobuo Uematsu was actually the main composer on Terra Battle, but Yasunori Mitsuda and Yoko Shimomura joined after the game met some of its Kickstarter goals, so they composed a couple of tracks. Uh, he also composed the sequel to Soul Sacrifice, Soul Sacrifice Delta, in 2014. A few other games that he composed, once again, one or two things on. Uh, his next game to be the sole composer for was a game in 2016 called Seventh Rebirth, which I wasn't able to find too much about. I did listen to his soundtrack to Valkyria Revolution from 2017, which was really, really, really good. In 2017, he, this, he was very busy this year. He also composed for Another Eden with a couple of other composers. He composed for quite a bit of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, rejoining with Ace, uh, Kinji Hiramatsu, and Minami Kyoto. And he composed Episode Ignis, the DLC for Final Fantasy XV, which uh, the, that main soundtrack was composed by Yoko Shimomura. And he also composed for a game called Winning Hard. And then the very next year, 2018, he composed for the sequel to Xenoblade 2, not the sequel, but the epilogue DLC, Torn of the Golden Country, uh, once again with Ace, Hiramatsu, and Kyoto. And it was also in 2018 that he composed this track for the game that we're going to be closing out the night with. He composed the soundtrack with Shunsuke. Tsuchiya and Miriam Abunas, uh, Abunasser, um, who I believe were both working through Procyon with him. We're going to be listening to a game from Revolve 8. This was published by Sega for mobile devices in 2018. And the track we're going to be listening to is called To the Top, A New Beginning. And it's the song we're ending with. I did that on purpose.
That was our final track of the evening, To the Top, A New Beginning, from Revolve 8. Shukapau, what did you think of that last epic orchestral soundtrack? That was pretty cool. Good stuff. Lots of uh, nice vocals there. That one also sounds pretty cinematic. Um, if Soul Sacrifice put me in mind of Lord of the Rings, this one makes me think of the Chronicles of Narnia. I could really see this in like uh, the, the big Prince Caspian battle scene or the one at the end of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's, maybe it's the horns and the strings and just that soaring feeling. You know I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I really, really like that stuff. So... This has been really fun. I'm going to read a couple of other quotes here from Mitsuda-san, and then we're going to talk just a little bit, uh, have our sort of end-of-show banter before we leave things for leave things for the evening. And, you know, I think we're going to be pretty close to that uh, hour-and-a-half mark again. Last time we actually came in um, at just about an hour, and so I think this move is going to be going to be good. We have definitely played the best of the best tonight. We could have squeezed in four more songs like we used to do, but I'm satisfied, I think, with what we played. What do you think? Yeah. So, in one of the interviews that I read, this was on SoundtrackFest.com, the interviewer asked... Um, uh, before becoming a composer, Mitsuda took care of sound effects on other Square games, and he asked how Mitsuda's relationship with composers a bit older than him was, uh, who were already great figures like Uematsu, Shimomura, Kenji Ito, Hiroki Kakuda. He asked how their relationship um, was with them, anything about work or anything that he could share. And Mitsuda responded, It's sometimes said that music composers don't get along well, but it was not like that in Square. In fact, I've sometimes gone on trips with Yoko Shimomura, and we also still hang out. I can tell you that when I was doing the sound effects of Final Fantasy V, Nobuo Uematsu, with whom I also would go drinking after work, <laughs> listened in the distance to a sound of crying that I was creating for one of the characters, and he ran to me and said, don't change anything. <laughs> he wanted to keep that sound exactly as he had heard it. Um, I also confess that for the recording in the studio of Chrono Cross, when we recorded Scars of Time, I had been out the previous night partying and drinking with a friend, and I was dizzy and sleepy, but I was confident that the studio musicians, again there at Square, would play my composition perfectly. So, <laughs> he was young, he was having a good time, you know, he still got the job done, and it really sounds... That's really cool to hear about the camaraderie at Square, uh, because you hear about all these great composers who were working there at the time, and it's really cool that they all kind of, you know, got together and, and still hang out. Mitsuda, finally, in a, an interview with the late Satoru Iwata, president of Nintendo, when he was uh, talking with Yoko Shimomura and... Um, Takahashi, the developer of the Xeno games, um, about Xenoblade Chronicles. At, at the end, he said, I think at heart, games are something that you enjoy via a combination of your eyes, ears, and the feel of the controller in your hands. I always try to be aware of the importance of taking the music and making that element fit in with the images in the story, enhancing the player's emotional response. And you know what? That's a pretty cool sentiment. And I think that that probably went a long way to making him the memorable and beloved composer that he is. Well, were you surprised by some of the stuff that you heard tonight from Masanori Mitsuda? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, this was really, really cool. I'm glad that we did this. I was a little worried about starting out with a composer that I assumed was so well-known. But I think different from Uematsu and Koji Kondo, who I don't know if I would have found a whole lot from them that I wasn't aware of before... 
I definitely did with uh, with Mitsuda, and someone who I already ranked among my favorite my favorite composers is now possibly even higher on that list, and I respect him even more for everything he's accomplished. Any highlights of the night? Like any of these songs that we played that like particularly stood out to you? Hmm. Blue Moon definitely. Mm-hmm. The epic is always gonna hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, I think everything from Chrono Trigger is, but like you said, you really like those flying vehicle themes. Yeah, and Time's Scar was great. It's really, really good. Like you can tell why that's one of the one of the more uh, more famous ones. I really liked the um, Inazuma Eleven track. Yeah, that one was that good. one was a lot of fun. Um, it really could have fit in, I think, in like a. Um, a Digimon game. Those actually have really, really good music, and it, it sounded kind of like that. Uh, but also just those last big orchestral ones, like I said, you know I love those. But I also really, really loved that um, Village Pride theme from Xenogears. Uh, really, the whole soundtrack is just great. If you want to go check it out, uh, just the music, you can go check out our playlist for this episode up on YouTube. I have not been so, so great about making those public, but uh, my buddy Prof Jeff uh, tends to remind me, and so Jeff, thank you for that. I really do like putting those up. Speaking of people who support the show, I would like to give this shout out to our patrons and our artists. You all know who you are. We love you very much, and thank you so much for what you do. Uh, a couple of our patrons might actually be showing up on the show soon, along with some other cool folks. But let me see. Um, Shukapal, where can everybody find us? You've already talked about flat.io. Mm-hmm. They can join our Discord server. The link's in the show notes. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter. Uh, the show is at VGM Pod, and you are at. I'm at Shoot Gapow, where I post nothing. You don't really tweet very much, but if anybody uh, <coughs> at you, you'll get back to them. <laughs> and we haven't talked about this much lately, but you can also email the show at VeryGoodMusicVGM at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube. We don't have a fancy URL, but if you tell a whole bunch of friends to subscribe, then maybe we can get one someday. But you can find us at Very Good Music VGM on YouTube. Just just search it, and you'll find us. Shukapow, do you remember who we're going to be talking about next week? I've teased it a couple of times. Shimamora? Yoko Shimamora, yeah. the queen of VGM, quite possibly my favorite VGM composer ever, and... Next week, you are going to hear why. There is some really, really great stuff that we're going to be listening to, and I just can't wait. It's going to be so good. Well, our blooper track for this episode is going to come from one of Mitsuda's earlier games called Armodyne, and the track is called Goodness Gracious. I will let it play a little bit before and after the blooper reel so that you can really appreciate it. It's it's fun stuff. Perfect for a blooper reel track. <laughs> now, Yoko Shimomura composed on a Chocobo game, but Mitsuda did not. <laughs> we'll talk about that and more in one week, because we are going to be doing back-to-back weeks this time. I think that's just about it. Shukabao, um, am I forgetting anything? Nope. All right. Well, until next time, play very good games... Be very good people. And keep listening to Very Very Good good music. Music. A BGM podcast. Yeah!
thumbnail of this this one person's uh, Chrono Trigger music actually has a spoiler in it. <laughs> yep. Do you want to go ahead and tell us that spoiler, and I'm going to put this in the blooper reel because it doesn't really match up with what I was saying. <laughs> eh. That's it. Welcome <coughs> back. <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> that happened early. Which we can go ahead and get into now, and then we'll come, and then we'll come, well. and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about how we divided all this up. You can cough. I'm dying. Oh. <coughs> We've talked about it a lot before, but Chrono Trigger, <coughs> Chrono Trigger was third time's the charm. Cough drop moment. Quality content. Yes, Kupau is getting over a bout of COVID that actually just went through the house. Uh, it started with his youngest sister and then spread to Shukapau and Dusk Lights and then eventually to Lemon Boy and might now be spreading to the second oldest. Uh, I think I might also have gotten it just a little bit, but I've had my vaccine, so it wasn't that bad for me. Dusk is the second oldest. Second youngest, I meant. Yeah, that's right. Anywho, um... So yeah, that's kind of what's been going on. So if you heard any of that in the preceding episode, well, that's what's going on. <laughs> it was a really educated, educated. He was born, and then he lived for a while. But no. <laughs> but um, man, I do that a lot. But um, and um, so um, um, um. <clears throat> Where was I? Probably shouldn't got answer. Dental floss. Dental floss? Dental floss. Looks like you could use some dental floss because you were like, ow, my gums a second mm -hmm. ago. Um, but. Dental floss, though. Dental floss, though. I don't really want him in my teeth, though. Uh, Speaking of composers, Grant Kirkhope. I don't know why I keep going off on tangents. Yeah, let me see. Physical problems, square. So, oh, um, yeah. Gaming computer. Fun uh, English translation of a title there. You can tell it's a gaming computer because WASD are, are marked with arrow keys. Yep. You are easily distracted. I am. <laughs> I don't know where you get that from. I don't know, maybe but, you could let me play Pokemon. But so that's cool. Uh, Mitsuda got to... I'd rather you be distracted and talking than engaged and not talking as much. <laughs> so Talking about... <laughs> <coughs> talking about random things like keys on the keyboard. Our audience likes it, so it's fine. Five separate time signatures in the Wasp theme. <laughs> That'll be a good one to play then on that episode. <clears throat> well, you don't have any first-hand experience <laughs> from the Xenoblade Two tutorial, so let's let's hold off. The only part of the, <laughs> the only part of, of the only part of Chugga Conroy's Chrono. I I can talk. Chukapow, am I forgetting anything? All your base are belong to us. That's distorted. <laughs> Shukapow! Save your game. Listen, folks, here is how to save. Talk to frogs. That is how you save. What That's are you... an actual quote from Mother 3. Are you 
You getting religious on me? What's that? <laughs> scripture? You quoting the scripture? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that we're about done. 